0: This is the Joe and Amber podcast.
1: Joe and Amber. You can find him on social media at Joe Fortenbaugh. That's how you do it. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. You can also always join the conversation. Triple eight, say ESPN. Joe, as the only woman in ESPN's radios lineup here, let me be the first to wish you a happy Women's History Month.
2: Women's History Month.
1: We get a a whole month, baby. We get a whole, whole month.
2: That's fantastic. Congratulations. I look forward to embracing the holiday or month long holiday. We're also doing something here today. Isn't today like Boston Celtics Day here at ESPN? I had never heard of this.
1: That is atrocious. I hope that's not a thing.
2: I'm not kidding you. I am not kidding you. James, if you could do me a favor when you get a chance and look that up, we just talked about it on Daily Wager, ESPN 2, Monday through Friday, 6 to 7 Eastern. Boom, that's how you plug. We just brought it up. We had to talk about the Celtics Day because it was like Celtics Access Day. I have no idea what was going on. I mean, I don't mind talking about the Celtics. I just didn't realize they were getting a holiday here at ESPN. Uh,
1: They should not be. Uh, (laughs) No mention of Women's (laughs) History Month on the Daily Wager, huh? Uh, I don't know about that. We got a whole month
2: to talk about that, Amber. We have a whole month. (laughs)
1: All right, fine. Uh, Correct to that mistake, Joe and Amber, is presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $700 on average. Speaking of the daily wager, that is where you get your betting advice from Joe Fortball, But you can also get it in little snippets here on Joe and Amber. Let's try to earn you some pizza money.
2: Pizza money alert.
1: Pizza, pizza.
2: This game starts in a few minutes. It's the Suns at the Hornets, the debut of Kevin Durant. Devin Booker over five and a half assists is the play. It's plus money at plus 115. We'll update all the season-long stuff in a few segments when we roll out some more bets, but I just wanted to get this one to you as fast as possible because it starts in six minutes. He's averaging 5.7 assists per game this season. And he's adding Kevin Durant. I think with Durant coming into the fold, Booker's going to look to get him involved, and I think he's going to hit his season average and then some. So, pizza money number one: Devin Booker over five and a half assists, plus one fifteen.
3: Looking forward to uh, getting this opportunity to play
4: again. There's excitement. You just want to see him out there with the team. The Suns without Western are really, really dangerous. But I do think it winds up being a pretty, pretty nice, you know, offensive combination.
1: Well, Joe mentioned it there. Kevin Durant is making his debut in a Phoenix Suns uniform tonight. That game tips off in just about five minutes down in Charlotte against the lowly Charlotte Hornets. So it'll be an interesting debut for Kevin Durant because that Charlotte Hornets team is depleted. It's been though over a month since we've seen Kevin Durant play basketball. I didn't even remember what the injury was. It's been so long since he got injured back in January where he sprained his MCL. I'm sure that they were extra cautious with him. No reason to take any chances, but he's got to get back out there at some point because they have to build the chemistry between him and Booker and Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton. We keep talking about how that team's the odds-on favorite to win that conference now, Joe, but they've got 20 games to figure this thing out before a postseason. So, nice
2: landing spot for Durant tonight against Charlotte, who's without their best player in LaMelo Ball. Broke his ankle the other night. Really tough beat for the team. They're probably headed for the tank right now. Lousy defense to begin with. 22nd in efficiency, 27th in points allowed. So, Phoenix should have their way offensively tonight. It's a nice matchup for them. Durant will be on a minutes restriction. So if anyone's expecting 55 points in 35 minutes of action, I would look elsewhere. Maybe Dame Lillard can go out and get you something tonight. But the reality of this is, to your point, Amber, 20 games between now and the end of the season. Chris Paul is going to be 38 years old in May. Kevin Durant's coming off yet another injury. The... Suns traded away some defense and a lot of depth to get Kevin Durant. So what can they do between now and the end of that 20th game to get ready for the playoffs? Because the opening round will be no layup. Every round in the Western Conference is going to be challenging based on where the Suns are projected to land. And I don't think Durant's going to go, you know what to the wall from now to the end of the season. I think he's going to have some load management games as well. So for Phoenix, I don't think it's about jockeying in the playoff position I think it's about finding that chemistry on the court, figuring out how they want to handle late-game situations, which defenders are going to be on the court when, so that they can hit the ground running once the postseason starts.
1: They're sitting at fourth in the Western Conference at 33-29 certainly when they find that chemistry it's championship or bust for that team essentially I don't say bust in meaning that anything happens with this relationship Katie's under contract for years there now in Phoenix but I just mean in terms of where the expectations go the second Kevin Durant joins your roster and that's where exactly the expectation lands now but it's more about the names on the paper of this roster rather than anything that we've seen that gives us an idea of how this is going to play out Kendrick Perkins ESPN's NBA analyst was on get up and he says that he needs to see it before he's ready to crown the Suns as the best team in the West
3: we're not about to sit up here and disrespect one the Denver Nuggets who are at the top of the Western Conference who I feel like have everything and more when you look at the pieces that they have around Jokic and then let's look in the Eastern Conference with the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics both of those teams have a deeper roster than the the, uh, Phoenix Suns
1: You mentioned the depth there, Joe. They traded away some of it in order to acquire Kevin Durant. That's what you do. You're swinging for the fences when you bring Kevin Durant in, but it's not as if that team is Teflon and that there's no deficiencies. There are going to be some deficiencies when you try to make a trade of that caliber like they did, and the Nuggets are sitting in that conference. I think the best teams, frankly, are in the East, but the West has a lot of teams bunched together. Durant's an
2: all-timer. There's no doubt about it. There's no argument to be made that he's not. He is an all-time NBA talent. But we kind of live in this world where acquiring a guy like him at this stage of the season has everyone thinking, all right, this team's going to win the title. They've got to be the favorites. They've got to go out and get it done. I mean, look at... Do you know how hard it is to win championships in any sport? Look at the teams who win titles, who compete for titles in the NBA. Last year, the Celtics, very well rounded, very deep, a team that had been gelling together for years against the Warriors, who are a modern day dynasty. We've seen LeBron's Cavs teams. We saw LeBron in Miami. Remember when he got down there, everyone was excited, but it took a while for that team to break through. It doesn't happen overnight. That took seasons for LeBron, D. Wade, who was a proven champion, and Chris Bosch. Now we're looking at 20 games for these guys. Chris Paul, again, he's going to be 38. Kevin Durant coming off an injury. You have such a small margin for error with 20 games and the postseason coming. Any of those guys gets hurt. It's over. You have to stay healthy. You have to gel quickly. Them not winning the finals shouldn't surprise anybody. It's not as easy as acquiring Kevin Durant and it's over. We saw what happened in Brooklyn. All right, it didn't go anywhere in Brooklyn. Not to say it's his fault, but it, it, there's such a small window to make this thing work.
1: So again, that game is tipping off right now against the Charlotte Hornets down in Charlotte. We will keep you updated on what happens throughout the show with Kevin Durant and how he looks in a Phoenix Suns uniform. But coming up next, we're going to head out to Indianapolis for the NFL Combine. We're going to talk to somebody with her feet on the ground. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to us on the ESPN app.
2: Joe and Amber,
3: the podcast.
1: We'll head out to Indianapolis to get a full update on the NFL Combine from somebody who has her feet on the ground in just moments. But first, Joe's going to try to earn you a little bit more loose change here. Let's hit
2: Pizza money alert.
1: Pizza, pizza.
2: All right, so this one's coming up at about 740 tonight, so pay close attention. You've got a little bit of time left. We're going to the association. It's the Celtics. It's the Cavs going under 219 total points. Great defensive matchup. Celtics and Cleveland both rank in the top four in defensive efficiency. Cleveland moves at a snail's pace, dead last in the NBA. So that means shot attempts tonight should be suppressed between both teams. And oh, by the way, fascinating nugget here. Josh Tiven is the lead official on the call for tonight's game. Unders hitting at 58% of his games this season. Pizza money number two, Celtics Cavs under 219 total points police have secured arrest warrants for former Georgia star Jalen Carter.
3: Talking to some people around the league this morning when this stuff broke, I mean, they were not clued in on it. Everyone that knew
2: this went down had to know that this was going to come to the forefront at some point.
1: Chicago Bears reporter Round the Horn contributor First Take contributor And now the new host of Sunday's Best Week Ever here on ESPN Radio Courtney Cronin joining the show And Courtney is in Indianapolis She is at the NFL Combine Real quick Courtney off the top here I want to mention that I saw pictures I know annually you guys do every year Women women of the NFL Combine We just kicked off Women's History Month Today since it is March 1st Uh, I was impressed by the size of the party kicking things off there this this year what was
3: that like last night it was incredible we've been doing it now for five years it was something you know I got an idea back in 2019 I saw the National Association of Black Journalists like they had their dinner every year and it was organized where everybody who was in town for the combine could get together and network and you know foster new relationships and I thought well It'd be cool if women in the combine space had that same sort of ability. So I started it in 2019 with a with an email chain that went out to everybody I knew that was going to be there and said, tell your friends, spread the word, got a spot to do the happy hour and to see where it's grown over the last five years. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, and Darcy Glazer Kasowitz, the, the owner, have been incredible uh, in terms of financially supporting our event every year. It's been you know, a dream come true to get to see my, you know, my dream a couple of years ago now become the event every week, every year that I hear people are, you know, constantly looking forward to and new people, new faces every year. It's a great sign when I don't know half the people that are coming to the event and I see these faces that I don't know because it shows that we have good reach. And it's just a, a really cool way to see all the women that are working in football in one place the Combine get together.
2: The Combine has always been one of the best networking events on the calendar congratulations to you for putting your stamp on it that is fantastic work as we pivot to what's happening in indianapolis the big story today former georgia defensive lineman jalen carter who many believe is the best defensive player in this draft has been charged with reckless driving and racing in connection with a crash that killed a teammate and a recruiting staff member what's the buzz in indianapolis over this situation regarding carter is carter available is he taking questions what do you know
3: so, Joe, this morning I get to the the ICC, like the part of the convention center where they're hosting all these interviews, and this is my first year I was actually like really interested in it because last year the Bears didn't have a first-round pick, and the years before that I was covering the Vikings, and they were drafting anywhere from like 15 to 24. So it's kind of a crapshoot when you're waiting for players that your team may or may not be interested in or actually you know, seriously in consideration, but we knew that Jalen Carter is the top three technique in the draft. The Bears have a massive need at that position and many others in the defensive line. So I get there and we're waiting, and there's a pretty big group getting ready to talk to him. And then all of a sudden, right around 10 o'clock Eastern, the news breaks that there's a, an a, a arrest warrant out for him in connection with this, you know, this deadly crash that you know killed the teammate and a, and a staffer from the University of Georgia. And we're waiting and waiting. It's like there's no way, if there's an arrest warrant for this guy, there's no way that he's still going to be in Indianapolis and, and coming out to talk to us moments after this thing unfolds. And then you know, we find out from the NFL that their their stance on this whole thing was that they came out right around 11. I was actually doing a hit with uh, Harry and Fitz on Greeny, and we were told all six players, Jalen Carter included in that last group, were not going to be available today because they were still getting medical evaluations, which may or may not be true for all of it, but I do think that that's, the NFL's way of trying to handle this, because everyone I talked to this morning was shocked by this. No one saw this coming, and of course, we knew, you know, about some involvement dating back to the January fifteenth crash, but we didn't know what J- what Jalen Carter's involvement was in all of this. So you hear it from Scott Fitterer, the the um, GM for the Carolina Panthers, that they had interviewed him earlier this week, and they had absolutely no clue about this. They're as blindsided as anybody. The Bears, team that very interested in him. They met with him on Monday. Um, to my knowledge, they did not know about this warrant coming either. So it's a it's certainly a diff- difficult situation. And just to see the top prospect, arguably in the draft, dealing with this all at once and kind of come crashing down, I'm really curious to see what the next few weeks look like and how they unfold for Jalen Carter and his draft stock.
1: Yeah, a huge story right now out of the world of college football. Jalen Carter's representatives have told police that they are making arrangements for Carter to turn himself in. They do not know when that is happening. Obviously, right now he is in Indianapolis and we need to travel back to Athens in order to do that. Courtney Cronin joining us here on Joe and Amber. So I want to ask you about the quarterbacks here at the combine Courtney but instead of asking you about CJ Stroud or Bryce Young I want to start with the quarterback that I feel like has the most buzz around him right now shockingly to me as a Gators fan it is Anthony Richardson it's been unbelievable what's been happening in the betting market Joe keeps up to date on what's been happening in the betting market when it comes to Anthony Richardson is there buzz around Richardson at the combine that you've noticed
3: Not as much right now. Quarterbacks don't talk to the media until Friday, and then they don't throw until Saturday. He is one that is expected to throw this weekend. We know Bryce Young is not. But I think it's because Bryce Young is not expected to work out, because there's so much buzz around Bryce Young and his size and his durability and some of the comparisons he's already getting to quarterbacks in the NFL. But that's dominating the storylines here. But you see this every year in the draft where a rookie, you know, a soon-to-be rookie quarterback, there's somebody who, you know, ends up climbing up the draft boards at, at the last possible moment or, you know, in the weeks leading into their own pro day. And I think last year Kenny Pickett was that example. You know, we'd heard so much about Malik Willis and Matt Corral and all those guys, but it'll, I anticipate that that's going to be a similar thing here depending on how the workouts go, even though there's so much tape on these guys already that you know what kind of players they are typically by the time these the quarterbacks talk by the time they all work out run their 40s do all the all the stuff that's needed for their measurables that's when you get a chance to to see how teams are actually feeling about them once they get you know some face-to-face time seeing them in the workouts and in the interviews so I wouldn't be surprised if that sort of outside speculation becomes inside conversation at some point Amber because He's clearly a top prospect in this draft, and who knows how the the draft order will get shaken up over the next couple months.
1: It'll certainly be interesting to watch. Courtney Cronin, uh, NFL Bears reporter, and you can check her out Sundays on the best week ever now right here on ESPN Radio. Courtney, thanks so much for joining the show. No problem. Thank you both. Take care. That Jalen Carter story, Joe, uh, you know, it's a – It's a a story that's becoming a very ugly story. The allegations there, now there's arrest warrants for Jalen Carter's arrest. As we mentioned, the allegations are that Carter was racing his 2021 Jeep against a 2021 Ford Expedition that was being driven by the recruiting staffer, Chandler LaCroix, who lost his life on that January 15th wreck along with a teammate of Jalen Carter's who was only 20 years old. So they're saying now Jalen Carter may have been involved in the crash from the respect that he was racing, obviously um, denying the involvement thus far, though he is willing to, of course, turn himself in. This is a developing story, a big story, because the NFL draft is coming up, and this dude's supposed to be at the very top of it as well.
2: It's a tragic story. It starts there, and I wish it could just end there with it being a tragic story, but unfortunately, the conversation immediately shifts to, what's this going to do to his draft stock? Does anyone in the NFL actually care? Who's going to move him down the big board? And the reality is, someone's going to look at the talent, and they're going to wonder whether or not he's going to get in any trouble, and if he's not, they're going to draft him because he can help them win keep their jobs, and keep the money flowing. It's the natural ebb and flow of things. It doesn't make it right, but it shouldn't overshadow the fact that this is a tragic loss of life, something that obviously could have been avoided.
1: Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, are the Warriors the best team in the West? We'll get into it. ESPN Radio is also on the ESPN app.
3: Joe and Amber, the podcast.
0: Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza, better because it has to be. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured... It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.
1: Strays during the Sports Center update from Kevin Winter because of my dislike, the Boston Celtics. All Joe was saying was that ESPN for some inexplicable reason, don't dedicating a lot of time to the seas today. I'm a heat fan.
2: I was caught off guard when, by when's that. the
1: Miami heat day. When's Miami heat all access. I'm here for that ESPN. Uh-huh. It's Miami.
2: When you're a vacation destination, you don't get a special day. You give it to a place like Boston. Cause they have to endure the cold, harsh, harsh, winter when you're living the dream in Miami you don't get a special day your life is already special
1: I like how you spun that I think it might have something more to do unfortunately with the fact the Celtics a little bit better and a little bit more interesting than the Miami heat this season even I can admit that right now let's sound on sound off
0: they said it but what did they really mean what are you trying to say to us sound on sound off with Joe and Amber Joe
1: and Amber is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Woj is reporting that the Warriors are optimistic that Steph Curry will return from his leg injury during the team's three-game road trip next week with a healthy Curry. Where does Golden State stack up in the West? Here's our very own Brian Winhorst.
2: When the Golden State Warriors are fully healthy, which I realize they haven't been, their, their experience running offense in the playoffs is unmatched. Now, you look at their numbers this year. And even last year, regular season, they weren't the most impressive offense. But I just know from the reps that they're going to be able to score with anybody. So I, that, that monster is still out there that can be reassembled. And if it does get in time, to my mind, they're going to be the favorite in the West.
1: James Steele?
5: Yeah, I mean, talking about taking strains, I took some strains after um, the teens I wrote up there uh, at the end of the last segment from Joe. The Warriors, best even. in the – but Joe, are we sleeping on the Warriors? A little bit, yeah. I mean, based on who they have and what they've done, you can't ever count
2: them out. I mean, look what they did last year. No one really gave them any credit. No one thought they were going to do anything, and then they just kind of went ahead and won the title. Even when they went down, what was it, 2-1 early in the series? Everyone was checking out on them then, and then they won three in a row to close it out in six. And they shut the Celtics down. So, yes, we're sleeping on it, but that defense has been atrocious this season. Their performance on the road has been absolutely abysmal. Once they get to the postseason and turn it on, they'll probably look a little bit better, I'd have to assume. But they got to get to the postseason, guys, because right now they're flirting with disaster down there.
1: Yeah, I mean, they just really haven't looked good this season, and I understand that injuries are a factor. But like Joe said, defense defense has been a factor for that team as well. I it's Fine, they've got the names, I guess, if they're fully healthy. You can't ever fully sleep on them, but... I, I, I would never put them as the best team in the West this season, no matter, frankly, how healthy Steph Curry is when he comes back. I, I just have a hard time believing that the Warriors are really going to be competitive here down the stretch or have enough time to do it anyways with about 20 games left. One of the NFL's biggest offseason storylines is whether or not the Ravens will be able to sign Lamar Jackson to a long-term deal. Their general manager, Eric DeCosta says he remains optimistic that the two sides are going to get something done.
0: Yeah, you know, Lamar and I are talking. Uh, we met recently. Uh, it's an ongoing discussion. Um, we both understand the urgency of the situation. It's been a good dialogue, a good discussion. I'm optimistic as I continue to be optimistic, um, and we'll see where it goes.
5: <laughs> so he We says will he's, see how it goes, James. No, we'll see Amber, how it goes. Yeah, Amber, he says he's optimistic, but that big sigh before uh, he says uh, that he's optimistic. How optimistic did he really sound right there?
1: I like how he's like we'll see how it goes like he like he's not the general man like he's not the actual dude quite literally involved in the negotiations right like we'll see how it goes like he's an outsider just observing from the outside looking it no we will see how it goes we'll find out how it goes out here you should have a better idea how it's going to go and your involvement clearly should help dictate how in fact it's going to go nothing about that sounded optimistic to me Joe whatsoever.
2: See, I disagree. I mean, compare that with what we heard from the Packers general manager yesterday about Aaron Rodgers. They were just basically asking how it was going. Is he coming back? And he did everything he could to say he wasn't coming back, short of saying he's not coming back. That is at least someone giving you the empty platitudes that you would expect. So I think that's a big nothing burger of an interview. My original prediction is that Lamar will be back with the Ravens and will have a long-term deal that will not be fully guaranteed by week one of this season. I stand by that. I still think that's the most likely of scenarios what based on depending on whatever DaCosta said there I don't think that that changes nothing that's just I'm at the combine there's a microphone in my my face I'm going to give you absolutely nothing and that's what he did
1: you have a good point when you said that he took a different tone than the Packers took being asked a very similar question about Aaron Rodgers because you're right that was what we expected the typical nothingness that we get from GMs and NFL coaches when they're asked about these situations, you know, yeah, we, we love that guy. And we, we will get some, we'll hope to get something worked out, and we'll see where the sides fall and the chips may be and blah, blah, blah. And that is what exactly it sounded like, I suppose. So from that perspective, fine glass half full for the Ravens fan. I still don't think they're going to get a long-term deal done. I do think either way, he's playing with the Ravens. I think he's doing it on a franchise tag, despite Jeff Darlington telling me that's the least likely scenario. We'll see which one of us ends up being right there between me and Joe, since we argued that last week. We talked about Mel Kuyper's mock 2.0 yesterday. He had chaos at the top of the draft, with the Bears trading back twice, including sending the number two overall pick to the Colt, who in turn takes CJ Stroud. But how likely is it that Indy will move up in the draft? Here's Colts GM Chris Ballard.
5: To move up, there's got to be a guy worthy of it. Everybody has just automatically stamped that you've got to move up to one, To get it right, I I don't know if I agree with that. That's going to be the narrative. And that's okay. Y'all got to write something. You got to keep the news flowing. I don't necessarily know if that's the, the right course of business. When we meet as a staff and we say, okay, this is what we need to do, this is the guy for the next 10 to 15 years, and we think he's the right guy, sure, we'll do it. But who's to say we won't get one at four? Joe, how likely do you think it is that the Colts move up in this year's NFL draft?
2: I think it's more likely than not. I don't know what kind of percentage I'd give you. Maybe like a 52-48, 55-45. I love Ballard. I think he's a fantastic personnel evaluator. I think he's had a bad run in Indianapolis. I think he's had a bad run. and He's caught some bad breaks, but I believe in the guy. I believe in that front office. I think they got something there. The problem is they've gone, and you have to understand he's on the hot seat now, no matter what his reputation for what he did in Kansas City says. He went from Phillip Rivers to Carson Wentz to Matt Ryan. It is not working. They need a young guy. He's on the hot seat. So, yeah, maybe he can get somebody at four. But he's got to get somebody. No more of this free agency stuff. No more of this trade stuff unless it's Aaron Rodgers. You get Rodgers, you make the move. Outside of that, you have got to draft one of these quarterbacks.
1: It's smoke and mirrors season, right? So it's impossible to believe anything that's said. What sounded interesting to me there, though, is the sincerity in his voice when he was talking about how you only move up if it is for somebody truly worth moving up for. And we thought when we were going to get to this draft, I mean, we've been talking about this draft for a couple years. We thought this was going to be the quarterback's draft of all quarterbacks draft. And now we're here, and I don't know whether it's going to be CJ. I don't know whether it's going to be Bryce. I don't know whether it's going to be Will Levis, I, Anthony Richardson. I mean... It, it's, it's interesting Joe because I feel like there's no real front runner here in a draft that we all expected there to be a Trevor Lawrence or a Joe Burrow that, that emerges here at the top and So could the Colts get somebody in this draft? Absolutely. I think that they do take a quarterback. Do they need to move up in order to do it? Maybe not. Maybe he's being truthful there because I'm not sure that there is a true standout in this draft. Maybe you can still get value there at that position at four. Lots of changes are expected for the Cowboys this offseason. They already moved on from OC Kellen Moore. Head coach Mike McCarthy is going to be calling plays for the offense this season. How will they go about building the offense around Dak Prescott? Here's McCarthy.
2: He's getting ready to take another, you know, turn as far as the variation of, of, of what we're getting ready to do. Uh, we're going to build it off of what, you know, he has established. You know, I, I you know, it, my decision to stay with his concepts and so forth is still intact because I wouldn't have did what I did in 2020 if I still didn't believe in him. And we obviously, as an organization, myself included, uh, feel very strongly about him as our future, and
4: uh, we will definitely build this thing around him.
5: Ever, how should the Cowboys build the offense to maximize Dak Prescott's talents?
1: I think you got to make sure that you're locking up Tony Pollard, right? You got to, I think that you can move on from Zeke, but I think you obviously need to make sure you have the help in the backfield there. For Dak, use that extra money that you're saving there for moving on from Zeke and try to get him another weapon because he clearly missed Amari Cooper this season. CeeDee Lamb sure emerged as a number one. I think Dak needs more help. He needs more weapons. They need to throw everything they can into this thing. They're playing Dak way too much money to get mediocre results in a postseason, Joe. So what?
5: how did you phrase that? question again james what basically what's the best way for the cowboys to build the offense to maximize Dak's talents
2: yeah that's simple you get rid of mccarthy i you get rid of mccarthy right here's how it works in the nfl the quarterback either covers up the coach's deficiencies, or the coach covers up the quarterback's deficiencies. McCarthy can't cover up Dak's problems. Dak can't cover up McCarthy's problems. Therefore, they're in this little Texas two-step where they can't advance in the playoffs because they're just not good enough. Kyle Shanahan was able to cover up Brock Purdy's deficiencies, Jimmy Garoppolo's deficiencies, and advance that team deep every single year because he's such a great head coach. Tom Brady's such a great quarterback, he was able to take Todd Bowles' team to the playoffs two years in a row, even though even though Bowles isn't that great of a head coach. He's not terrible, but you've got to be able to complement one another. McCarthy and Prescott are not a good marriage. They can't complement each other, and as a result, you have this same outcome every year where the team falls woefully short of expectations.
1: Get rid of Mike McCarthy, Joe Fortenbaugh says. Listen, they may do that after this next season if things don't go well when all of the offensive play calling is now squarely on McCarthy's shoulders. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, what are the Miami Dolphins going to do with Tua Valoa? Head coach Mike McDaniel had some interesting things to say today. We will get into it. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to us on the ESPN app.
3: Joe and Amber, the podcast.
1: thoughts on this song joe first thing that comes to mind Uh,
2: i mean wasn't there enough room for jack to be on that piece of wood too
1: so much room for jack first of all overrated movie most second of all necessary
2: death ever
1: it really was it was ridiculous just scoot over i saw something i saw a headline recently where i believe the create whose movie was that you remember the film there you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah James what, Cameron. Nice to know. Yeah. Cameron. Uh, I, that he admitted recently that there was, that there was room for Jack. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they asked Leo and Leo refused to answer it because he's a genius. He knows <laughs> how much of his career, um I'm not going to say hinged on that movie, but how big a part of his career it was. So the very idea that he could say anything that could disrupt it, he just took the fifth and backed out of the conversation. The guy is smooth. I'll give him that.
1: I found that movie to be overrated, uh, which maybe is shocking because it's an epic love story, and I'm a woman. and I like love stories. I like chick flicks. However, that movie to me, I just it was beautifully done, but I just could not believe the chemistry between Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio. She seemed so much older than him, and in fact she was. Uh. She was much older than him. I believe in real life from the movie. movie, I believe in, in real life she was like way older than him. And okay. I didn't feel like I just didn't believe the I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't buy into this love story between them those two.
2: Most underrated character in that movie was her husband or fiancé, Billy Zane. Billy Zane was fantastic in that movie. Billy Zane plays a jerk really well. Like, nobody liked Billy Zane. His fiancé, who he's taking on the Titanic across the country with his soon-to-be mother-in-law, who was an awful woman. He was tolerating all of that. And yet, she leaves him for Jack, and Zane gets left behind, and yet no one feels bad for Billy Zane.
1: Right, I know that's weird, too. apparently by the way I'm looking it up now it says she was 22 and Leonardo DiCaprio was 20 so she wasn't that much older than him I don't know she seemed a lot older than him regardless but I I, I had that same problem with the notebook like most women think the notebook is this epic love story I didn't like the notebook because she was leaving her perfectly good fiance who seemed well put together he had a good job he he was handsome like there was nothing wrong with him he treated her well and and she's leaving him him for like this starving artist guy with a drinking problem who she hasn't seen since high school. <laughs> it seemed like I, a terrible uh, decision. Have,
2: <laughs> I have not seen it. I cannot comment on oh. that movie. Unfortunately, I have to who withdraw from this conversation.
1: Notebook? All right, fine. Uh, we we've got well, off. The what, how are you here.
2: surprised by that? If you didn't like the movie, are you surprised I didn't go see this bad like movie? In your everyone's opinion,
1: everyone's seen the Notebook. James, have you seen the
2: Notebook? Nope. What? You're talking to a Nick, couple of like meathead guys. I've seen it. It's a great movie. Uh, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Now Nick, you're talking to someone else.
1: Uh, no, most I men. I knew that was coming. I do think that, that that particular chick flick is so, so famous that most men have probably been forced into seeing it at some point in the world. I don't
2: lives. like the way you said you saw that coming, Joe.
1: <laughs> Th- tell me where I'm wrong,
2: and I'm happy to retract the statement. Tell me where I'm wrong. We. I, I knew you were going to say you saw The Notebook. I knew it. The question is, who'd you see it with? myself
1: oh you just fired it up by yourself now wow. that is a real man right wow. there. i respect that not respect enough time left in the day to neck. give
2: this kid the therapy he needs
1: <laughs> no that's excellent i respect that at Amber W Sports, let me know, have you seen The Notebook? At Joe Fortenbaugh, you can let him know that he's crazy for never having seen it, however overrated movie. Joe and Amber is presented <laughs> by Progressive Insurance. Let's talk about something that Joe does know about, the Miami Dolphins. Mike McDaniel, he is the head coach to the Miami Dolphins. Of course, there's microphones in front of everybody this week because of the NFL Combine. Mike McDaniel is no exception. He was asked, are the Dolphins going to pick up Tua's fifth-year option, what is the future here with Tua Tungvaloa with this franchise?
2: we probably best served to utilize the time. That's kind of um, uh, the the way we're approaching it, but that doesn't mean that we're spending any long period of time not discussing it. This is something that uh, Chris and I have been working through and will continue to work through. I think it's important to recognize that we have a congruence of interest by the Dolphins and the player, Tua, that both parties really want him to play at a very high level for a long time for the Miami Dolphins. That's That's incredible.
1: I mean, that sounded like a coach, which, first of all, I mean, I still can't get used to that a coach sounds like that. It's so epic. It's so great. I love Mike McDaniel's soundbite so much. But also, that sounded like a coach – Who really wasn't very committal to whether they were going to simply pick up Tua's fifth-year option or extend him or anything else when it comes to Tua. He didn't
2: say anything. If you listen to that, he threw a bunch of $3 words in there and kind of led you around in circles and then was done. Like, you you know, we're talking about it. We're thinking about it. We need to be congruent. And you know what's funny?
1: Is that bite was actually like a minute and a half or over a minute and a half. And James had to cut that bite down to almost 40 two seconds. Minutes. Okay. So there you go. It was almost you two minutes.
5: Rambled, lots of uh, and, uh, yeah.
1: It's
2: a smart political trick. When you get up there and you know, certain questions are coming and you have to deal with stuff. Just, talk in circles if you have the gift of gab and go and go and go. And eventually you bore everyone. You, you Everyone's mind starts to drift. No one's really paying attention. And then by the end of the interview, everyone feels like, you know, they need to go take a shower. But you got your point across, which is you made no point at all. No one was able to glean anything from what you're talking about. So I guess if you're trying to cover something up here, you did a job well done. I don't know why. this. What's the secret? What's the secret? Pick it up. Who cares? Or don't pick it up. I I don't see them giving him a long-term deal at the current moment. There's no rush on that. So what's the problem with the fifth-year option?
1: Well, that's why I think I was surprised by this because – I think we both expect that we're going to see extensions for guys out of that same draft for Justin or jo- Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts. I think they're all probably going to get extensions. And yet I don't think Tua is going to be on that list from quarterbacks from that draft, getting an extension this season because of the concerns with the concussions and the durability. And frankly, you saw Tua look really good this season, but it was a small sample size compared to his three year long career. So I understand as a Miami Dolphins fan what, why the organization would be trepidatious about paying him in terms of an extension. What I'm surprised about is that they'd be trepidatious about not picking up a fifth year option unless they legitimately have other plans. But if th- what they're saying, which is what they've been saying now for the last couple months here is that Tua is going to be their guy next season and moving forward. If Tua is going to be your guy next season, you're going to need to pick up his fifth year option. Cause you're going to need a little bit more time to evaluate this thing.
2: They are Absolutely monitoring the veteran quarterback market. I don't know if they're interested in Carr. They are absolutely, I would bet extraordinary amounts of money that they are closely monitoring the Aaron Rodgers situation as well as the Lamar Jackson situation. I think that's where they want to go. It's not that they don't like Tua, he just can't stay healthy. You just can't hinge everything to a quarterback who can't stay healthy and it's not like we're talking about a guy who banged up his forearm then banged up his thigh then had a foot injury we're talking about a guy who's racking up concussions at an alarming rate like at some point the player might realize I got to shut this thing down the long-term prospects of Tua Tungavailoa are not the long-term prospects of other young quarterbacks in the NFL based on what's happened from a health perspective so far so I think they he's he's giving you a nothing burger because they want to know what's good with Rodgers they want to know what's good with Lamar Jackson
1: it would be so great for our show if Aaron Rodgers ends up on the Miami Dolphins. I mean, I would just have to eat so many words if that happens. Why would you I have would to have eat to make words? So nice because I've done nothing but take a flamethrower to Aaron Rodgers on this show. You can just it's trash inception. the Dolphins. I, I'm, that's not going to happen. As a Dolphins okay. fan, that's never going to happen. Coming up next, by the way, Aaron Rodgers. Let's talk about
3: it. Joe and Amber, the podcast. <laughs>